Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to it like Dan Red Wings. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fisher. With me today, as always, is other host here, Scotty Bentley, also host at Locked On Tigers. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Red Wings your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today, we got a special guest, uh, winging it in Motown writer, Jake Rivard. And uh, Jake has a, a three-part now. By the time you're listening to this on Monday, he, all three parts are out on what the Red Wings should do going forward, depending on how this season plays out. Um, Jake, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, my fingers hurt from writing all these words, though. I think we got close to, like, 9,000 or something. I don't know. You got that carpal, carpal tunnel? tunnel? Yeah. <laughs> Your fingers did some fantastic writing, I'll tell you that. Very, very fun and, uh, and good reads, for sure. All right, Jake, before we get into any of the articles in particular, why don't you give us a quick little rundown of each one? Um and tell us why you wrote them and what was going through your head when you were doing that. So I started thinking about it uh, after actually the win against the Blues a couple weeks ago. Um, the Red Wings are in like a really weird situation with their rebuild. They're approaching this precipice where one bad mistake or one false move could either set the rebuild back or just completely throw it off the tracks. You know, if you're too aggressive, you're going to risk uh, becoming a team like the Minnesota Wild of the 2010s, just that perpetually okay at best team. But if you play it too safe, then you could wind up, um, you know, wasting the primes of some of your best players. So I decided to kind of explore each of these scenarios, an aggressive all-in approach, a conservative safe approach, and then the Hannah Montana of approaches, the best <laughs> of both worlds. <laughs> I love that. I love that saying. Great, That's great. Let's start off right at the top with um, your first article, which is three routes the Red Wings can take after this season, part one, all-in. And... I think the first thing that stood out to me immediately among reading it is the players you listed as guys who would you keep and guys who would let go. And there was one specific guy on both lists that caught me off guard. Um, you said you'd let go of Nemesnikov and you would keep Mitchell Stevens. Now, this might just be my bias. I haven't really been really high on Mitchell Stevens all season. Granted, he's hurt right now, but I feel like he was a could take it or leave it kind of player. What went into your decision when writing the article as to why making, why you want to see Nemesnikov, or not want to see it, but you would be willing to let him go but keep Mitchell Stevens? So I looked at it in two different ways. Um, Nemesnikov is a UFA. Um, he's having an amazing year. This is one of his best shooting percentages he's ever had. So he's just scoring at a ridiculous clip. I think he's going to secure himself a slightly longer-term deal, and I don't think Detroit is going to be the one to offer it, especially in this all-in, uh, the first of the three scenarios, all-in focusing entirely on, you know, trying to make the playoffs and trying to contend as quick as possible. Um, in this instance, I chose Mitchell Stevens as the fourth line center uh, in place of Sam Gagne because I think he's, I mean, to me personally, I've been surprised every time he's on the ice. There's usually at least a couple good offensive chances. In fact, right before his injury, I was hoping that he would take over that third line center role instead of Michael Rasmussen. Um, 
like, you know, if you go back and watch some footage, you can see him, you know, just totally taking over just random parts of the game where you're like, oh, who is that guy? Oh, that's Mitchell Stevens. I, uh, one of the big things for me when, when this is more of a comparison, I guess I'd say between the two, but, um, in the all in version, Mark Stahl is not on the team. And in the conservative version, Mark Stahl is on the team. Obviously Mark Stahl got the A this upcoming year. What style of play or traits or, or whatever your reasoning is, why do you think he is vital to a more conservative kind of like we're still in the middle of a rebuild approach versus we're going for the cup like next season immediately. So whenever I think about Mark Stahl, um, I'm often reminded of, you know, last season and this season, how he would spend significant chunks of time out due to injury. Um, He's going to be 36 next year. And uh, I don't know if you've ever watched a 36 year old in the playoffs, but very rarely, (laughs) yeah, very rarely do they consistently remain in the lineup. Um, if they're going to be a cup contender in this hypothetical next season, they're going to need to have people that are going to be around and that are going to consistently make an impact every night. Stahl surprises me half of the time, and then the other half, you know, he's a take-it-or-leave-it kind of defenseman. So I think consistency is something I was looking at with this this contender's approach. Yeah, Mark Stahl's been something that someone that Scotty and I have been pretty... I When we say impressed, I will say just based on the fact that he is... 35, 36 years old, and the level of play he is playing at is not, not something we recognize or realize he would be able to do at this point. So Definitely. we've been pretty uh, happy with his play given his contract. He's not like a top pair D man by any stretch of the imagination. But we've been pretty happy with how he's been performing so far this season yeah. up until uh, most recently. He's out for with COVID right now in the COVID protocols. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he, and, he and Gus Lindstrom have been a great pairing together. Yeah, they've been pretty um, really good at anchoring that bottom line. Um, I noticed so. You also addressed the fact that the Red Wings have a problem with center depth. And that's something that Scotty and I, I think we talked about, what, two days ago, yesterday, something crazy like that? Probably every day. And the day before, and the day before, and the day before. We, yeah. even, we debated whether or not Larkin was a genuine one center. And in your article, you, you said that Dylan Larkin is showing, actually, I'm looking at it right now. I said Dylan Larkin is showing everyone he is more than capable of shouldering a first line role in Detroit. And that many have compared him to Ryan O'Reilly because of that, that, that two way game that he brings. Um, and the point you brought up is that if Larkin is that one C, they need to go and make a big splash for a legitimate two C in the free agency. And you listed a couple of players like Thomas Hurdle and, uh, Kadri. I just want to, your, your perspective as to why those names specifically are the guys you would want the wings to target as the second line center. Yeah. So the way I looked at it with this scenario is if they're trying to go at it, um, in terms of. You know, it depends on how you view Dylan Larkin. In this scenario, um, Dylan Larkin is viewed as the legit bona fide first line center. Um, I think he has that potential if he's backed up by a second line center who is either on his level or somewhere close to it. So I was looking at a series of uh, two way centers in order to kind of become the um, Braden Shen to the Ryan O'Reilly, so to speak, because the Blues run the exact same schema. Um, in this case, I wound up going with Tomas Hurdle, who is 28 years old and is just an outstanding two-way defenseman for San Jose. Every night, he is the best player on the ice, uh, and he's going to be in for a big payday this offseason. Um, and in this case, I think Detroit should go, if they're trying to contend for the Cup right away, um, Hurdle should be at the top of their list. One of the other things I, I noticed when looking at the defense was Simon Edvinson and how in the 
all-in of well in both of them actually but in this one we're talking about the all-in specifically he is your uh second line left d-man and i i is that do you think that that is we're going all in we're calling up all the kids like he's gonna get that second line do you think or do you think it's gonna be a lot more uh i don't know i guess like in this off season if if he maybe doesn't take the steps forward that the front office wants to see for him to get legitimate playing time next season do you think they could make an even more of a splash because i mean as you noted uh in the piece that they have so much cap room do, do you think that there's some wiggle room there where they might even get if they were to go all in like multiple d-men uh especially if they left let mark Stahl go or do or do you really want to see edvinson in that like top four d-man kind of a role i think if they're trying to contend right away they will give edvinson a shot in the preseason and if he can't show the immediate moritz cider level of impact they're probably going to wind up either keeping him in the minors or limiting his time um they'll kind of play it safe for a little bit and then if edvinson still isn't ready uh, a little bit close to the midway point of the season they'll probably make a big splash uh trading for a defenseman like you said they have a whole bunch of cap space in this situation. Um, right now, I have the number at eleven million five hundred sixty-six thousand six hundred and eighty-six. Uh, that's quite a bit of money, and I imagine with the amount of people that are going to be looking to trade defensemen, specifically a team like the Minnesota Wild, could uh, flip a guy like Matt Dumba or Jonas Broden, um, who could easily fit right into that Detroit top four if Edmund, if Edvinson isn't ready. And uh, the defense was another thing you said. So obviously, they need a top another top line center a second line center rather they also need another top four d-man and that that i mean i completely agree they really do um because moritz sider and nick letty are right now the only defensemen that they have that are truly honestly capable of playing those top line minutes and you picked out john klingberg from the dallas stars as the guy you would have targeted in this scenario if the wings would go all in what went into that decision for john klingberg to be that guy to slide in as the um, veteran presence to play with Simon Edvinson. <laughs> to be totally honest, I took a look at all the free agent defensemen. Fair. I looked for the guy I could get who would make a huge impact, and uh, Klingberg was the first guy on the list. That's completely um, fair. Hey, he is he is the best one on the list by far. <laughs> he is a superb defenseman for Dallas. He's made me a little bit nervous defensively over this last year or two, but he's basically bringing the level that like a prime Mike Green did, like. We're talking like a 50 to 70 point defenseman every season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At his best. I mean, you put him with a good enough, you know, other a defenseman who can cover his mistakes like he's doing with Myro, or Miro Heiskanen. He's going to be great. Like, it, it's just a matter of how they deploy him. Okay, cool. And that's the uh, that's pretty much outside of that. You the, the Red Wings, you said they need to get a solid backup goaltender. Uh, you listed name the likes of Brayden Holtby, Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, I think you said Jack Campbell would more than likely the way he's playing is going to end up re-signing with the camp that he's at. Definitely. Um, Brayden Holpe and Marc-Andre Fleury were interesting picks for the backup role. Uh, why backup for those two goaltenders? So Holtby, I mean, he's about to be in his mid-30s. Um, he has stolen the starter's role in Dallas, actually. Um, he's actually pushed, I think, Anton Kadobin might be uh, getting relegated back to the AHL pretty soon because they're not going to move Jake Ottinger back down. Um, he has just been unbelievable this season. Um, I could see him in a backup role, sort of a 1A, 1B role with the Red Wings in this situation. But 
they're going to want to make sure that he has enough room to succeed. And forcing him into a starter's role right off the bat might not be good for him. Okay, awesome. And then um, when we come back, we're going to break down article number two. Play, the Red Wings play it safe in the offseason. Want an all-star team? You need an all-star hiring partner? You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want. A short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right candidate right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments, and Virtual Interviews. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked on. Again, get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Also, I'll talk to you guys today about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live and another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Here's Larkin. Scores! Dylan Larkin from Lucas Raymond. And the Red Wings come from 2-0 down to beat the Washington Capitals 3-2. All right, segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We have Jake Rivard of the Winging It in Motown. Is it a blog? Let me start that over. Is it technically a blog or is it like a... They call them, they refer to themselves as the official fan voice of the Red Wings. I believe since it falls under SB Nation, it's considered a blog, but um, I think it's a little more fun than that. Okay. Let me start that over. Three, two, one. All right. Segment two here, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are joined by Jake Rivard of Winging It in Motown. He is a staff writer for them, part of the SB Nation group. And we are breaking down his articles on the Red Wings, um, basically talking about if depending on how this season plays out for them, how they should approach the offseason. Segment one, as you heard, was they make the playoffs and go all in. Now we're going to talk about scenario two, where they miss the playoffs, they basically tank, and they play it safe. And so the first thing that stood out to me with your playing it safe idea, uh, or article rather, is that you were advocating for the Red Wings moving Robbie Fabry at the trade deadline. And that is a player I personally kind of have a soft spot for, which is why I'm bringing it up. I, I could get, I, you know, I understood why you wanted to move Nemesnikov, expiring deal, and Nick Letty, expiring deal. But Robbie Fabry, I felt, was young enough and has been playing well enough to, you know, kind of be a part of this core going forward as a, as a mid, mid, uh, mid forward winger. Uh, what went behind your thought process when you decided in the article that the, the rings should move Fabry on this scenario? Now, don't get me wrong. I am a big Fabry guy myself. I'm, um, I'm, you're slandering, man. I'm calling you out. He is. He <laughs> is. Uh, he has been a blessing on this lineup since his acquisition. Uh, his one for one. Um, Absolutely. But at this point, I, I kind of feel for the guy. 
uh, once Jacob Verona comes back, who is going to get moved to the third line? Um, it's got to be. It's not going to be Raymond. It's not going to be Bertuzzi, and it's probably not going to be Zadina either. And I doubt Verano's going to be like, "Hey, um, I guess I'll go to the third line." Unfortunately, Fabry is the odd man out. Um, while that'd be nice to have a nice, you know, an extra third line of scoring, um, I think that Fabry's status as a UFA is going to net him with some massive returns. Uh, in this instance, I have Fabry traded to the New York Rangers for Vitaly Kravstov and a 2023 third round pick. While that might not sound sexy, um, Kravstov's been outstanding in the KHL right now. Uh, he, you know, originally was going to be on the Rangers, and then when they sent him to the AHL, he bailed and went to the KHL instead. Um, and I think that he <laughs> has a chance to, to have a big opportunity in Detroit should he make the team. One of, uh, one of the things I noticed was in this hypothetical situation, the there was a lot of talk about the the lack of depth and i mean the last week or so currently right we've seen a lot of injuries that have hindered the team uh and you talked about you know if there's a lot of injuries going forward this might be our our future off season it do you see a scenario in which uh everybody stays healthy or everybody that's currently healthy at least stays healthy and that this is still the avenue that's taken or do you think that there might just be at this point in the rebuild, too much talent for them to like totally bottom out, assuming health for, for the people that are, are healthy at the moment. I mean, for what it's worth, I think the team has really been punching above its weight. Um, like it beat Florida in overtime. It took out Washington. Uh, it even held its own against Boston. Like it, it's a, it's a pretty good team, but I don't know if it has the depth to handle the rigor of this season. After all, this is both Cider and Raymond's first 82-game season, as well as, I believe, Zadina's, too. Um, yeah. You know, yes, a lot is. of those guys are going to have some some serious growing pains when the going gets tough. Um, and while I don't see you know a full-on regression from guys as special as Cider and Raymond, um, they're going to have to get used to some of those really hard losses, like the game against the team in Tennessee that I won't name. <laughs> Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> the Nashville hockey team. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Geeters. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh so again, in both scenarios, you basically were advocating for addressing the center position either way. Granted, with a little bit of a different twist. Um in scenario one, you were advocating for long term solution, scenario two more of a, of a short-term solution. But either way, it looks like addressing the center depth needs to be a key issue the Red Wings have to take care of either way. Um, when it comes to finding the right forward, and you talked about how Pew Suter has you know, been, a not, been a nice piece, but you want to get somebody to challenge that role, you've mentioned Victor Rask, Brian Russ, Vincent Trocek, and Andrew Kopp. You mentioned that Rask and Russ were both players you wanted it, it to, or you could have filled that role, but for diff- very vastly different reasons. Can you go into why either one of those players could work out for the Red Wings for whatever reason it was? Definitely. Um, so first off, if you haven't seen them yet, I would recommend watching a Victor Rask goal because his celebrations are the funniest thing you will ever see. <laughs> that man has no emotion, no reaction whatsoever, just an ice-cold stare. Um, so in this case, Rask is like a mostly defensive guy he's not really somebody who you're going to rely on for scoring where rust is almost the polar opposite he is a fast offensive forward 
who's just going to be going it uh, at any chance he can. The way I looked at it is um, I justified not signing either of them because Rask, while being really good defensively, um, doesn't really have the chops to be a second-line center based on his just purely defensive vibes. Rust, I think, is really good offensively, but if they're going to play it conservatively and Rust still has this gas in his tank, he's probably going to try to look for um, like a contending team or a playoff bubble team to make the push. And I can almost guarantee you somebody's going to overpay him and they're going to regret it in a couple of years. Uh-huh. Well, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. The uh, one, one of the final things I... I kind of notice when looking at the goalie situation in these is that in both of them uh grice was kicked to the curb right so i i guess <laughs> that, that sounds a harsh kick but... to the... get out of here <laughs> <laughs> but uh in in both scenarios whether they they plan on going all in or playing more conservative you have them getting rid of grice i guess just kind of your your thought process behind uh, Grice not being a part of this team going forward, no matter what direction they're headed. And then just, I guess, really quickly, how how soon is Kosa ready? Because I, I don't think anyone expects him to be next season. No, I don't think he'll be ready next season either. Um, I think my solution for all three of these scenarios has been to get a short-term stopgap backup goaltender who can maybe challenge Nadelkovich, but probably won't put up too much of a fight given how well he's been playing. Um, Grice has been okay this season. He's, I think he's led in. He has a 334 goals, of, goals against average and an 899 save percentage, um, which is not really that great. Uh, he's been outplayed by Nadelkovich, who is still technically considered a rookie. So uh, he's been outplayed by a rookie. Um, you know, he's 36 next season. He'll be 37. And, um, for what it's worth looking at all of the goaltenders age 37 or higher right now, you have Yaroslav Halak, who is really been playing bad in Vancouver, uh, and a handful of other guys that have just continued to decline as they age. Um, so I don't, I don't really see him fitting in the future unless he signs like a very affordable deal. So instead I decided to opt for. I opted for Scott Wedgwood, who is yes. currently the uh, backup of the Arizona Coyotes. While the Coyotes have been pretty bad, he's still um, you know good enough where you could slide him in on an affordable year-by-year deal, and he could potentially you know play out of his mind as some goaltenders are wont to do. Okay, um, and the last thing on this article I wanted to touch on was uh, again going back to defense. This time, instead of looking for a long term, you're looking for a more short term short short term answer. Wow, I can't talk today. Um, and one player you brought up and you, you know, this is coming John Merrill. <laughs> you, you, you mentioned bringing John Merrill back. I like John Merrill a lot last season when he was with Detroit, a lot of the advanced metrics, bringing him in, uh, spoke in favor of his defensive capability this season. He's putting up on real numbers in ter- well, in terms of his own ability, um, on pace with who, who what was the player you compared him to and draw and drawing a blank here. Um, um uh, so Ekblad, right now, Aaron Ekblad. Yep. <laughs> His uh, advanced stats and his sustained his current level of production um, is is on par right now with Aaron Ekblad's production, who yeah. is currently a Norris candidate. Uh, obviously, that's not going to be a thing, you know, 20, 30, even five games from now. But uh, it's pretty funny to look at right now. Um, yeah, like, he's almost scoring. You posted the advanced stats thing in here, and he's scoring almost three goals above his uh, goals four per 60. Like... 
it's it's insane and all those other statistics his expected goals for his expected goals against per 60 are not even like at 0.5 on the z score chart but his goals for per 60 are at almost three it's insane that is elite defensive forward (laughs) elite offensive wizard john merrill um yeah, so the way I looked at this scenario, um, again, this is about filling the need at the top four in defense. Um, I, I looked at it as sort of a, the second coming of Nick Letty, somebody who could be a mentor for Edvinson when he comes in, and maybe some of the other defensemen, who could stick around for a little longer, maybe has some playoff term under his belt. Uh, I like Merrill. I think he's a really good defenseman, but he is kind of a one-trick pony in that he is exclusively a defensive guy. Except for apparently these last couple of games, yeah, where he's scoring um, out of his mind. You say like you said he's already over halfway to his scoring uh, career his, high. He has eight points, which is more than halfway towards his career fifteen point high. Yeah, that's uh, so the guy. The guy I wound up settling on was Colin Miller. Colin Miller was with Vegas for a long time and just absolutely crushed it in a depth role. Went to Buffalo and actually like. Vegas acquired some things back in order to flip his contract, even though it was just to free up cap space. Um, he's, you know, he's he's smart on the defensive end. He has a big shot. Um, he hits hard, and he's the kind of guy who, you know, could add a little bit of stability, a little bit of veteran stability to the lines. Um, I don't know how long he's going to continue to be as effective as he is, but it should be enough time where somebody young, maybe a couple of years down the road, could take on his role and they could distribute his contract money. Cool. Awesome. Um, so we got to get to our second ad break here. But when we come back, you're going to give us a uh, rundown of what your third article is going to be. And so all the listeners, by the time they listen to this, it should be out. And Scotty and I, uh, we have no idea what this is going to be. And I'm eager to find <laughs> out what this third scenario could be that is not play it safe and not go all in. Because what is the third like? What is the third situation there? Uh, we're going to find out. Plus, I got to get your opinion on a certain guy who wants to get out of his team. Uh, but first, I got to talk to you guys about Built Bar. The holiday season is here. Grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better, a Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich and decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but high in protein. You get best of both worlds, delicious and healthy, like Hannah Montana all over again. Uh, so <laughs> many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you the extra fuel you will need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep on going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Also got to talk to you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues their march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Red Wings on a belt tire power play. Aronic, the cider, Sedina, scores! That's the one-timer you want. All right, segment three here. We are joined by Jake Rivard 
of Winging It in Motown. He's a staff writer there. You can catch him on Twitter at, at <laughs> Rivard NHL. And uh, he is breaking down his three articles. We for, uh, First segment was if they go all in, if the Red Wings were to go all in after the season's over. Segment two was if they play it safe and tank. Now, segment three, Scotty and I have no idea because as of recording, this article is not out yet. And uh, hit us with it, Jake. What What is scenario three? So if you've read Goldilocks and the Three Bears, you know that the best approach is not too hot, not too cold, but just right. And in this situation, it... I love the analogies. Yeah, he's on fire with this. <laughs> we're just, we're, I love them. It's that, that writer mentality, man. You're um, damn right, baby. Yeah, so so this one's kind of in the middle. Uh, this is striking a unique path, um, leaning into both playing it safe and playing it aggressive, but finding a healthy medium between the two. Um, I won't spoil all of it, but I will highlight a couple of the things that I particularly thought would be interesting. Um, one of the trade deadline deals that I decided to make would be Robbie Fabry with half of his salary retained to the Vegas Golden Knights for Evgeny D- Dodonov and a 2022 second-round pick. So this replaces Fabry's production through the next year, and it gets them a little uh, draft pick. Um, in this scenario, nearly every player leaves free agency besides Philip Zadina and Mitchell Stevens. Um, and then the free agency is where things start to get really fun. Um, this is all about a balancing act. So it's about finding a second-line center, a top-four defenseman, and then a bottom-pairing defenseman who could be a contingency plan in case Edmondson happens to not be quite as ready yet. Um, this also includes a backup goaltender as well. So without further ado, let me dive into that a bit. Go right um, ahead. I'm already interested yeah. on the Dadanoff trade. <laughs> yep, so you got, you got a third-line winger right there. Uh, but in this instance, for a second-line center, I was thinking anywhere between... Jasperi Kotkaniemi, who I decided was not worth it um, because you'd have to pay him a significant amount of money. Ryan Strom, who is almost certainly going to stay with the New York Rangers. And Vincent Trocek of the Florida or Carolina Hurricanes now. Um, he is going to be, he is due for a very nice payday. And he might be the solution that the Red Wings have been looking for with an offensive second line center since the departure of Pavel Datsuk. Wow. While he's not going to be Datsuk level by any means, He's going to certainly be better than Franz Nielsen. He's going to provide plenty of offense, and putting him between Philip Zadina and Jacob Verana is going to be a massive boon for both of those players. That that Phil, that Franz Nielsen bar is so low you could step over it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's interesting. Uh, Vincent Trocheck. That's a, so that's the second time he's come up in your your um, your articles, and that's a oh, he's always been a nice player for any team he's ever played with. But to be honest, he's not one that's ever been on my radar as someone the Red Wings should go pick up. But, you know, as you're talking, you know, I looked at his, you know, his statistics and his career path. And I it makes perfect sense that he would be a good player to slide in there at, at that 2C role. And he, I think, instantly would bring more offense than even Pew Suter would at, at the level Pew Suter is playing. I honestly think Pew Suter would dominate as a 3C. And I think if you can get, get someone who would give him competition for that, like you were uh, alluding to in your second article... That could be dominant for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. And he's only a couple seasons removed from a 75-point and 82-game season. That's crazy. Which is massive. Yeah. He's, he's going to be a nice piece. What about goaltending? You got anything about goaltending in there? Oh, yeah. Any? Oh, there we go. What, what do you have to say about that? Oh, wait, this is good, actually, because the defense is going to be the best little surprise at the oh. end. Um, so as far as backup goaltending goes, um, I don't think that Grice, again, would be a good solution <laughs> given you know age and production. Uh, and their need to continue to pursue um, a better future. So I went with 
I believe his name is pronounced Ville Husso of the St. Louis Blues. Um, he's been okay. He hasn't been, you know, he hasn't stolen the starting role from George Bennington, but he's doing a pretty okay job this season. He's got a 2.46 goals against average and a 927 save percentage. He was the, uh, if you guys remember, when the Blues came to LCA, he was their starting goaltender that night. So I thought yep. he did a pretty okay job. He made a couple very, you know, surprising saves. Um, and he's sort of one of those low-risk, high-reward signings that could potentially pay off. Um, I think he's a good enough backup where, you know, he can he can defend Nadelkovich, but, you know, he's not going to steal that starter role. So the biggest surprise I think you guys will like comes out of the defense. Um, so, again, this is sort of striking a bond, uh, a path between um, the offensive defenseman who immediately slots in and a mentor figure for guys like Edmondson. So I was looking at um, Braden McNabb, Travis Dermott, and Hampus Lindholm. I love Lindholm. I love oh, it. you're gonna you're gonna love what comes next. Um, so I took a look into McNabb a bit, and I think he's he's got some pretty fun highlights. If you haven't seen them, he is known for just laying guys out. He's a huge guy. He hits hard, and he is just a great like depth defender for Vegas. Um, I wound up signing him to a one-year deal for this hypothetical team. Um, pretty affordable deal. He'll slot in on the bottom pairing and sort of serve as that contingency in the event that uh, Gus Lindstrom doesn't continue to pan out or if Edvinson isn't you know, fully ready yet. Uh, I took a look at Travis Dermott a bit, but that guy is just not worth a trade. <laughs> and no matter, no matter how much Leafs fans hype him up, he is just not, he is not worth Tyler Bertuzzi and a third-round pick. Like, sorry, guys, you're, you're not getting Bert. It's no, over. No, no, no. Um, but the guy who I decided to fill in for that top four role is Hampus Lindholm for multiple reasons. He's 28 years old. Um, he is a Swedish defenseman, and he has a lot of experience mentoring young defenders like Jamie Drysdale as he plays for the Anaheim Ducks. I love it. Yeah, that's, that was a, that's some awesome um, options for the Detroit Red Wings. And there's one more thing. Fortunately, we're running out of time here, and I, I wanted to have a, like a conversation about it, but we were just so jam-packed with content. So give me your opinion real quick, because I know we're all three of us are on the same page on this one, but Jake DeBrusque of the Boston Bruins. I know all three of us are on the same page about wanting to bring him in as part of that uh, you know, Iserman reclamation project. Give me real quick your thoughts as to why the Wings should do it. I think they should do it because he's young, he's still got some flexibility, and he's essentially just a Robbie Fabry uh he, he's Robbie Fabry with, uh, you know, a little extra gear to his game if, you know, they can get him going. Um, I don't know how I feel about, you know, trading for him, though, because I feel that, you know, given the fact that there are like 10 teams looking at him right now, they're not going to get him without overpaying. I posited an idea of Vlad Nemesnikov in exchange because I think he fills that role for Boston, but I don't know how Boston would take that. They'd probably laugh me out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always interesting. Red Wings fans and fans in general always like know who they want, but they're never willing to give up like comp, like com- compensatory amounts of things in return. So like you always got to try and look at the other side. Like would they really want Vlad Nemestikov in return for Jake DeBrusque? Who knows? But you never know until you ask. And if you get left out of the room, Jake, hey, I would too because I want DeBrusque here in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. So uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today, Jake. Um, you can find his articles at winging it, winging it in Motown.com and follow him on Twitter at Rivard NHL, correct? Yep. Yep. Uh, any other plugs you want to do real quick? 
Um, just want to give a couple shout outs, uh, specifically to Prashant Iyer for helping me out with putting this whole piece together. Um, he was sort of my gut check when it came to trades and signings, and he provided me a whole lot of resources that came in handy. So uh, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, special shout out to him. Scotty, any final thoughts from you? Um, go blue. Go blue. There it is. <laughs> uh, thank. Want to make you guys? Want to make you guys? What the hell am I saying? When it comes to beginnings and endings, I'm all over the place. <laughs> I hear that. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Again, thank you, Jake. Thank you, Scotty, for just being here and being handsome. Um, we'll be back with you guys. Day, I know, I noticed. They so got the Christmas tree in the background with that uh, uh, you know, very atmospheric lighting. Uh, we'll be back <laughs> with a, uh, another episode with you tomorrow, same time. Same place. It's your team every day. Every day. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.